him here, they seek him there. Those Frenchies seek him everywhere. Is he in heaven? Is he in hell? That damned elusive Pimpernel. The Adventures of the Scarlet Pimpernel, starring Marius Goring as Sir Percy Blakeney. It was a dull party, a forced attempt at gaiety. No, London at war was not the same as London at peace. I sat by myself wondering why I'd come, listening to the subdued conversation, tinged with foolish laughter. It was at this point that Lord Teasdale of the War Ministry came up and took a seat beside me. Not exactly inspired, is it, Blakeney? Neither inspired nor appropriate, Lord Teasdale. I wonder why. Why what? Why Lady Anders would give such a party. She's not a frivolous woman. Perhaps there's a frivolous man behind it all. She gave the party because I asked her to. Uh-huh. <laughs> Don't be embarrassed, Blakeney. You may not know it, but you're the guest of honor. I? Yes. This party was given for one reason. So that I could sit down here beside you, <laughs> casually, without anybody suspecting my reasons. As somebody might if I'd called at your home or summoned you to the war ministry. I'm afraid I don't understand, Lord Teasdale. You will. I must talk to you further, but not here. I'm going out into the garden. I'll re-enter the house through the library. I suggest you meet me there in about five minutes. No, you're wrong, Blakely. But it's been nice to hear your views on the matter. Perhaps we can discuss them again someday, eh? By all means, Your Lordship. Teasdale left me. Casually exchanged a few words with other guests before strolling out into the garden. Curiosity impelled me to rush directly into the library. But I made my way there slowly, stopping to pass a word here and there. I reached the library and closed the door at almost the same instant that Teasdale entered the room from the garden. Now we can talk, eh? I hope so. I think we'd better lock these doors first, though. Um... I, I don't think that'd be wise, sir. Why not? You've gone to great pains to make our meeting seem casual. Somebody tries the door and finds it locked when we're both seen leaving this room later. You're quite right, yes. Sit down, then. And we'll make do with the situation as it is. If anybody comes in... Oh, uh, this chessboard and a stake of ten pounds on the table might explain our being here together. Splendid. Now... I'll begin by asking you a question. Many people seem to know the answer, but I'd like to know personally and directly. Are you the Scarlet Pimpernel? Are you asking as a curious man or um, as a member of the ministry? As a member of the ministry. Oh. Well, then I'll answer you. Yes. Good. We need your help very badly. Among the guests here tonight is a Mr. John Sykes. Know him? We were introduced, that's all. Seems rather an odd fellow. Yes. He's an inventor. Huh? I'm going to tell you something in strictest confidence. Sykes has invented a new explosive. More than four times as powerful as anything the world has ever known before. Oh, well. Yeah, that, that will give the French something to think about, won't it? They are thinking about it. A great deal. You mean they already know? Yes. How? Has the explosive already been put to use against them? No. And it may never be. 
Oh, don't be so startled. <laughs> we are in a strange situation. We can't use the new powder against the French, but they could use it against us. Well, that's rather a strange paradox. But one that can be explained. You see, we tried the powder in our cannon. It blew the cannon to bits. The best metal we employ isn't strong enough. We're working on new alloys and formulas for the castings, but so far we've found nothing. But the French have. Yes. They have a cannon that can utilize Sykes's powder. <laughs> that is a strange paradox. We have the best powder, they have the best cannon. Yes. And this war may be decided by whichever side manages to obtain both. Cigar? Oh, thank you. There's one thing I fail to grasp. How can we be certain that the French cannon can withstand this powder when our own can't? Because the French have tried it. How could they? Without the powder. They did have it. What? Just enough for a test. Sykes conducted his experiments at the Royal Science Academy. Part of the powder he prepared was stolen. The French got it and tried it. One of our agents observed their tests. Destruction of the target area was appalling. Good Lord. Somebody managed to get that sample of the powder. How do we know he didn't also get a copy of the formula? Because, fortunately, the formula has never been set down on paper. It reposes in the mind of one man, John Sykes. And there lies our problem, Blakely. Sykes has been the recipient of anonymous threats against his life. Then a written transcript of the formula should be taken at once. No, he won't agree to that. He's a frightened man. Bit of a madman, too. A stamp of genius, I suppose. I'm not only afraid he might be killed... I know what you're thinking. If the French could get their hands on him, they might persuade him to yield a secret. Chauvelin and others like him know the art of torture all too well. Yes, and that must never happen. That's why I had to see you, Blakeney. For the sake of England, you and your league must guard Sykes with your lives. It must be done unobtrusively so it doesn't precipitate a murder attempt. And even Sykes mustn't know. His fear approximates hysteria now. I beg you... Ah, you needn't beg. I'm humbly grateful that you... Oh, I, I didn't know anybody was here. Oh, it's all right, Sykes, just playing a game of chess. You met uh, Percy Blakely, I believe. Yes, how do you do? I don't know why I came here. I don't like so many people around me, so many strangers. Oh, nonsense, Sykes, old friends. Why don't you just sit down and watch us? Yes, yes, by all means. All right. I, uh, I believe it's your move, Blakely. Yes. Yes, my lord. I believe it is. I assembled the members of the League, and we set up our unofficial guard. Harding and Fuchs followed the carriage that Sykes rode in each day, going to and from his experiments. Another pair followed him whenever he went out in the evening, and Tony Dewhurst and I spent the nights prowling about the grounds outside his home. A week passed without incident, but then, one night, Tony and I met after settling the house carefully... Everything all right, Blakeney? Yes. How about the back? Oh, locked tight. What's the hour? Past midnight, I think. Uh, might as well relax somewhere. <laughs> Against the side of the house is a delightful spot. Yeah, right under his bedroom window. If there's any commotion up there, we'll hear it. Uh, do you speak to Fuchs today? No. Why? He thinks Sykes is on to us. What makes him think so? He's been giving his coachman orders to travel faster and by different roads. Yesterday, he ordered the carriage to stop right after it had made a turn in Boreham Wood. Fuchs and Harding didn't know, of course, so when they made the turn, they had to ride right on past him. Fuchs said he was peering out of the carriage at him like a madman. Hmm, that's bad. Won't do to frighten him. They'd have to take greater care. We'd better post relays of men all along the way so that no two can follow him for any distance. Well, it'll be difficult now when we never know which road he'll take. Yes. Well, then, we'll, um, we'll assign a different pair each day. Here, here, sit down. Better keep our voices low, then. Right. In a sense, we're lucky Sykes lives alone. 
anyone spotted us prowling about, that would really frighten him. Well, let's hope we're the only ones prowling about, old boy. <laughs> if the French are... The shot had been fired from around the corner of the house. I saw the blob of yellow light explode in the dark simultaneously with a sound. And a bullet bit into the wall, not inches from my head. Tony and I flung ourselves to the ground instinctively. Then we heard the echo of running feet. He's making off, Blakeney. Come on. After him. Around the house. A guard. There's probably more than one. The guard may be alive with them. Careful around this corner. There he is. Stop. Stop you. While far. No. No, don't. Don't kill me. Please don't kill me. Good heavens, Blakeney. It's Sykes. Sykes. Don't kill me, please. It's a lie. I haven't been anything. They're all lying. I'll give you money. Pull yourself together, man. We're not going to harm you. I won't tell you anything, I won't. Not even if you kill me. Please, I don't want to die. Now, nobody's going to hurt you, man. We've been watching you for your own good. Besides, you're the one who tried to kill us. I heard voices. I was lying in bed, and I heard them. That must have been us. Why? Why were you talking French, then? Why? I heard voices talking in French. You imagined it. No, I know I didn't. I heard you. I took the gun. It came out of the back. You're French, aren't you? Don't be a fool, man. Look at me. I'm Sir Percy Blakeney. This is Tony Dewhurst. Lord Teasdale introduced us at Lady Anders' party. You must remember that. I remember. Yes, I remember now. But I did hear them. They were French. You've been working hard under great strain. Now, we are here to watch you, to help you. Just have faith in that. Go in and rest. Lock that back door again and just go to sleep. We'll be here. There'll be friends guarding you every night. You you will protect me, won't you? You make sure the French don't reach me. We give you our solemn word. I've been followed. Every day they follow me. Those are other men assigned to guard you, not enemies. And they look French to me. They all look French. I think some of the people who work with me are French, too. They look English, and they say they are, but they could be spies. So how, how do I know about you? You say you're my friends, but do be reasonable, Sykes. Just be calm and think. If we weren't friends, we'd have harmed you by now, wouldn't we? You want my secret, We don't care about your secret. We won't even ask you about it, will we, Tony? No. Uh, now, here's the house. Go in and sleep. Don't be afraid, Sykes. Good night. Good night. Phew. I say, he's in a bad way, Blackman. Yes. I hope he doesn't wipe that formula right out of his tortured mind. Uh, he's ridden with hallucinations. That business about the French voice. I know. Still, we mustn't take any chances. Here, let's have another good look about the grounds. You work around the front this time. I'll I'll cover the back. Go through that brushwood and the trees. Any place where a man or men might hide. We'd better bring more of the men out here, I think. We will, starting tomorrow night. Well, I'll see you when we finish our round. Right. If I see anything, I'll yell. The search took almost a quarter of an hour. I got back to the meeting point without finding anything. Tony wasn't there. But he appeared before I became too uneasy. All clear, Blakeney. Good. I hope Sykes is getting some rest. Uh, I'm afraid not. Too nervous to sleep. Library at the front of the house is like you. Are you? It's all right. He's reading. I can see his silhouette through the curtain. Oh. Yeah, let's walk around and sit there where we can watch him. We went to the front of the house and sat under a tree on the lawn where we could watch the shadowy figure of Sykes stooped over a book. A minute passed. Two... I felt curiously tense. What are you thinking of, Blakeney? I don't know. I... He's sitting awfully still. Yes. 
He hasn't even moved to turn a page. He might have fallen asleep in the chair. Look, I, I don't want to set him off again, but we'd better find out. Come on. We'll have to tap on the window. I hope he hasn't reloaded that gun. Asleep or awake, he'll jump ten feet out of that chair. Can't be helped. Sykes. It's Blakeney. He doesn't move. He must be asleep, all right. Sykes! Wake up, Sykes! You've got to get in here. Step back while I kick this glass rope. Sykes, are you... Tony's voice caught in his throat. We stopped in the center of the room, our eyes glued to the chair. The figure in it wasn't the figure of a man. It was an improvised dummy, carefully built to throw a shadow on the window. The room was a shambles. I knew even before we searched the rest of the house, John Sykes was gone. shattering blow. The signs of struggle in the room told us that Sykes had been taken by the French. I cursed myself for leaving the house to search the ground. Tony's face was white, and I could feel the blood draining from my own. What do we do, Blakeney? Get to our horses. Well, whoever took him, they can't have more than a 20-minute start. That's long enough. Too long, perhaps. But in any case, they'll be headed to the channel. Oh, yes, but which port? Folks from Ordova are the most logical. Closest and shortest crossings for France. Now, I want you to round up Fuchs and Harding and the others. I understand. Let Harding take half the men and head for Dover. You bring the other half and follow me as quickly as you can on the road to Folkestone. It didn't take me too long to know that I had chosen the wrong road. An itinerant merchant taking a night journey with his cart told me that nothing had passed him in the night. Neither a carriage nor horseman. The same was confirmed miles further on by a man at the post house. Delays and questions kept me long enough for Tony and his group of league members to catch me at Folkestone. Yeah. No trace of it, Ed Lakeney. None at all. You check the waterfront? Spoke to the sentries down there. Yeah. No sign of any craft moving out of here at any time tonight, large or small. Better mount up, men. Uh, going to head for Dover? Yes. Take the shore road. In case they have a small vessel secreted along the coast somewhere. Of course, we mightn't see it. Or they may be already at sea. Harding's group may have some news at Dover. We'll know soon enough. Yeah. All right, men, let's ride. Up, boy. <laughs> Covered the Dover Road all the way as Tony instructed, but all anybody saw was a lone rider. Just one man, eh, Harding? That's right, Blakeney. Probably just a rider making a night journey, but. Well, it might have been somebody who got the information from Sykes and killed him. No, it wouldn't be that. They couldn't kill him until they knew the formula was correct. They'd have to get him to France to be certain of that. Did you check along the waterfront? Yes. Anything? Yes. Well, I'm afraid it's bad. What? Nothing definite about the ship, but. A shore sentry was found dead about a mile up the beach less than an hour ago. Mm. Somebody could have been there with a boat then. Yeah, we're too late to stop it, Blakeney. Too late to stop it in England, Tony, but... If they got Sykes to France, we can get him back. Or die trying. Well, with no idea where they're taking him. They'll take him to their own war ministry in Paris. Now, we've got to get there first, somehow. 
and seize him there on the street under their very noses before they get him inside. Oh, they're still ahead of it. I know. They won't press their journey as hard on French soil as they did here. We'll ride harder and faster once we get across. Come on. Let's get to naval headquarters. Captain Nelson is stationed here. A warship can get us across faster than anything we could rent or buy here. A warship can't take us right into shore, and they couldn't stand by and wait while a longboat took us in. Not with the entire French fleet now to swoop down on us. They can take us within half a mile of shore, though, and we won't have to risk being seen landing a boat. How do we cross that last half mile, though, Blake? <laughs> we swim. We made the French coast all right, but we had to kill three of their sentries to get clear. An inland raid on a farmhouse got us some clothing, and a raid on a post house got us some horses. If they're making better time than we are, whatever road they may be on, they must be riding like a wind. We'll bypass Amiens within the hour. If we keep going like this all night tonight, we'll be in Paris tomorrow in the early morning. Well, we should have gained a couple of hours, don't you think? Yes. And we'll need it. You familiar with the square where the French war ministry is? Yes. Good. We'll get carts, the largest we can find. Peasant dress for some of the men. Once we get Sykes away from the French and get out of the square, those carts can be turned over to block pursuit. They'll give us two, maybe three minutes anyway. Sounds uh, good. A large group lounging around might be suspect. But I think just you and I, dressed as beggars, can take Sykes from whatever guard brings him in. And if we move fast and suddenly, well, speed and surprise will work for us. It doesn't sound like you're going to use all of us, Blakeney. <laughs> we'll all be used before this is over, Harding. I want you and your group to stop at Beauvais. Get French cavalry uniforms. And some for us when we get back to join you there. You know the spot? Our old meeting place. The farm and the barn that were burned up. Right. Well, we should be there any time tomorrow afternoon or night. Depending on when they bring Sykes in. We'll be waiting and ready to move. Good. If we're ahead of our pursuers, the uniforms will give us clear passage to the coast. We'll cross the channel with a boat we hid last month near Calais. Oh, <laughs> now all we've got to worry about is what happens between now and the time we manage to get back to Calais. <laughs> <laughs> That's only because you have a worrisome nature, old boy. By ten o'clock in the morning, we were in the square outside the French War Ministry in Paris. Fuchs, Adams, Carney, Walsh and Burns had large carts loaded with farm produce near each of the entrances to the square. Tony and I sat near the steps of the ministry in beggar's garb. The sun touched noon, but there was no sign of Sykes. Three o'clock came. Then four. Help, comrade. Help. A few sous for an unfortunate brother. A few sous for bread. We'll bring you our blessing. I haven't taken in 30 sous all day, Blakey. Nor I. A chap could starve to death in this business. It's getting awfully late. I know. They've arrived here first, you think? No. We're on time. I made a mistake. If they took him somewhere else. Hey, that carriage. General Start insignia. Coming here. Yes, this may be it. Give the others the alert signal. Oh, just have a stretch. Pickney. Souvenirs in that carriage. I know, I saw his face. And General Blairot. He's their weapons expert. There's somebody else with them. Seated further back. I can't see the face. I but... do. It's Sykes. Look. We need that carriage. It'll save us trouble here and at the gate. As they come up, stop. Jump up. Knock that coachman out and take the reins and go. Sykes. I'll see that he never gets out of the carriage. I'll be in there with him. Shut out. Here they come. Let the carriage door open first. Chauvelin's coming out first. Let him come. Now! Feel the blood, comrades! Tony's cry halted all movement except ours. 
Chauvelin had reached the street, and I hit him at the same moment as Tony leapt to the top of the cab and sent the coachman hurtling to the ground. Inside the carriage, General Blairot was half-turned to let Sykes out ahead of him. My dive into the carriage sprawled onto them on the floor as we lurched into motion. burned like the eyes of a maniac. He struggled, clawing madly at my face. His nails ripped into my cheek. I had to hit him. Then he crumpled into a sobbing heap as Tony guided the horses out of the square. I turned and saw Fuchs and the others block the square with overturned carts, then run for their mount. Everything all right down there, Blakely? Like a charm. Sykes got hysterical, though, and I had to knock him out. Well, you calm down later. Fuchs and the others are all right. They're coming after him. Good. Let's see how fast we can get this carriage to Amiens. I took some papers from General Blairot's pocket before we dumped him out at a convenient spot. Sykes came to after a while and sat huddled in a corner of the carriage. I tried to talk to him, but he just stared at me wildly and didn't answer. It was dark when we reached the burned-out barn near Anya. Tony brought the carriage to a halt. I got Sykes out and we stood for a moment. Then uniformed figures moved out of the dark, Harding and our men. I was just about to greet them when Sykes broke from me suddenly and screamed. Soldiers! Comrade soldiers! Seize these men! They're English! They seized me away from Citizen Chauvelin and General Blairot! Harding and the other men stopped dead in their tracks. We all stared at Sykes in the faint light of the moon. Baby, you fools! I am John Sykes. I have come to win the war for you. My powder will bring England to its knees. I will be the ruler of England. And we will be allies. So obey me! I said obey me! Give me your gun. I will kill them. We were all too stunned to move for a moment. Sykes seized the gun from Harding's hand. You French will learn to obey me, just as England and the world will learn to obey me. I will teach you a lesson, and then your men will obey and kill these Englishmen. It was like being hypnotized. He raised the gun almost to Harding's face. I saw his fingers move towards the trigger when almost without being conscious of it. My own moved, and I felt the shock of my gun firing and saw Sykes turn with a wild, startled look before he fell. He was mad, raving mad. Power mad. He made a bargain. A bargain with the French. For a kingdom. Oh, God. Oh, he could have killed me. I, I was too surprised to move. I'm grateful, Blakeney, you, you saved my life. But his was worth more. His secret. He wanted a price our country never would have paid. We haven't failed, gentlemen. We haven't got his secret, but the French will never get it either. And we wound up with a little secret of theirs. Oh, what secret? I took some papers from General Blairot. A formula for their cannon. <laughs> well, now we're on an even footing again. I rather think the game of chess Lord Teasdale started me on ends in a checkmate. Mind up, gentlemen. It's still a long way home. I 
I don't know how to thank you, Blakeney. Oh, no thanks are necessary, Lord Teasdale. We're no better off than we were, and no worse. Do you think he really had sold out to the French, or was he mad? Both. He'd struck a bargain with them, all right. You know, Blakeney, in a way, I'm glad it ended as it did. The things that we and the French already have to destroy each other with are horrible enough. If Sykes had lived, the combination of this cannon and his powder might have been the most destructive weapon the world would ever know. Possibly, my lord, possibly, but uh, I'd rather imagine that's what men have thought of every weapon in history. Even the first men ever to fall with a spear or an arrow through their chest. Yes. I pray that heaven never lets it get worse. Oh, heaven won't, sir. When it's made worse, it'll be men who make it that way. <laughs> <laughs> 